to the Bougie Black Brother Network. Good morning and welcome to the Minorities Report podcast. I'm Michael, a.k.a. the Bougie Black Brother. And I'm honored to have on my show a great inspiration, author, and fellow podcaster, Jose Angel Contreras. How are you today, Jose? Good. First, say thank you for inviting me on your podcast. It is my pleasure. Yeah, I've been, I think a mutual friend said, hey, if you're actually talking to millennials, this is one of the guys you want to talk to. And I was like, all right, send me his info. Then I was like, wow, are you kidding me? He's doing all of this. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. So um, so it's pretty, I, I'm, I still got my window open. How's the weather up there? Or are you traveling this week? No, it's uh, it's like about 50s this week, so it's not too cold, it's not too hot, so in Chicago, surprisingly, it's in the 50s. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to, I thought you'd be down in like the mid-30s or low-40s by now, but uh, yeah, I, was I guess it is. So. <laughs> yeah, this is an adjustment, global warming, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> so, so Jose, there's so much I really want to get into at first, but um, I want you to give us just a quick background. And let us know about the great Senor Contreras. Yeah, so my name is Jose Angel Contreras. I was born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm the youngest of four children, and I graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and I earned my bachelor's there, uh, criminal justice, and my master's degree in administrative leadership. And I recently moved to Chicago. Uh, I moved to Chicago in November of 2016 to uh, advance in my career. Excellent. Excellent. So Milwaukee is a little different than Chicago, or is oh, it? Way, <laughs> way different. Like Milwaukee is like a baby compared to Chicago. I had to adjust a lot. I bet you did. I bet you did. See, so I'm a, I'm originally a New Yorker, so you know I had everything I would want. And a lot of stuff that I wanted to get away from. So when I moved down to Atlanta, I was like, uh-oh, what's going on? But I found pockets of areas that I was being able to just enjoy and go from that. So, yeah, yeah it's always good to travel. It's always. So I've seen that you've done some traveling. You've done traveling for yourself, your business, or and I've seen you doing some speaking engagements. Um which one is it that you enjoy the most or are you kind of forced to do that kind of traveling? No, it's just for, for my personal business, uh, it's definitely to uh, personal business and also networking. Gotcha. I, you know, I like to, I, in May, I went to San Diego, uh, San Antonio to speak at a conference and to talk, also talk about more about my book mm-hmm. and also went to LA just to, um, to network and also volunteer at a conference to build up my network and to get to know more people in the, in the area of LA that I can get to know. Excellent. So that's a good thing. A lot of people always center in their own community in their own way, but you're, you're stepping out of that. And you, you gave me a great segue to the numbers do lie. Um, could you tell me about your book? Yes. I didn't buy it. Um, Go on and go to your site, and I'm going to get it. So you know you got to return once I read it, right? Most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so let me know about your book. Yeah. Tell me about so your book. So I'm an author, first-time author. And um, so what happened, so the numbers do lie. I titled that because 
Over the years in my education, I have failed tremendously. It kind of goes back to when I was in third grade, and that's the first time I failed. Uh, I, I realized what failure is. And when I was in third grade, at the end of the summer, you know, everybody gets their report card and finds out what grade they move up to next. And when it was my turn to receive my envelope, I was so excited to look at my, see what, you know, what my report card said. And then, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was looking for to where the word, the wording was saying that I moved to fourth grade. And right. when I saw the number that said, oh, third grade i'm like wait a minute this that's the same shit. thing <laughs> i'm not third, i'm in third grade right now i think my teacher made a mistake and right. my friend was with me at the time and she was like no i think that you failed third grade and i was like and that day just like pretty much turned my world upside down i was like i this is what failure is i felt like everything i felt like it was my fault like i felt like it was my fault but i felt like you know i, I felt like i was dumb i felt like i was capable of of being a great student. And also during that time, my parents were getting divorced and there's like so many emotions going through my mind. And, mm -hmm. you know, and that feeling came all, uh, also in a high school when I failed, when I didn't do well in my ACT. Uh, the first time I, I, the first time I, I took my ACT, my, the scores came back and I got a 15. And at that point I was like, I don't know what these numbers mean, you know, whatever. But my friend was there to look at the, the test scores and she was like, hey, you might got to take this again because a 15 is not is not a great score. And I was like, oh, great. I was like, OK. So I took it again, whatever. The second time I scored a 15. I'm like, Lord, I don't think I'm going to college. So <laughs> so did you subconsciously go back to that that first failure oh, or was it just a new I failure? I went back to that first failure and I was like okay. and I was like okay. man I'm I'm really not I'm I'm not a good student I I'm horrible this is this is this is the second time I failed at something you know of my education that's so important and but also what right. I kind of looking back at it when it comes to Sarah Nice tests I hate them I I I don't do well that's not me and if you give me an essay, right. whatever, if you need me to speak and about something, I can do that. But a standardized test does not define who, who I am. And I didn't know that Absolutely. at that time. So that failure, those, that confidence in my education carried on to college because I barely got into college. I, barely, I, had, I didn't have the grades. I didn't have my ACT scores. And I, I, you know, when I came to college, I graduated with a 2.3 GPA. That is very low. And uh, part of it is because right. I was kicking those, kicking it so much. I I went to a lot of parties. Uh, my education was like fifth on the list, you know. And because, oh, of part course, of college, I got to know a lot of things, but not not my studies, not right, my education, right. not my major, you know. Because my bachelor's right, was a right. was in, in criminal justice, and I was like, you know what? I don't have to work that hard, you know. I'll just get my degree. All I need is to be a cop. It's like 60 credits or a, a college degree. That's all good. And that was my mentality. And when I graduated, I applied for the Milwaukee Police Department. And I did well in the, 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 the first test. And I had to take a physical. I did great. But then when it came to the interview and the written test, the written part, I didn't get in. And I remember that day when I got the email, it says, Mr. Contreras, sorry to inform you that you would not be moving on to the next round. And I'm like, wait a minute. What is going on? <laughs> like, what the? Oh, hold up! I'm supposed to be a cop here, you know. Like, this is not the email. Yeah. Exactly. You planned your life because around. after college, yeah. I thought that you know everything was all cookie cutter. I was, you know, I was. I'm not. I thought everything's going to be easy, and that kind of plays part of me being the youngest of four mm -hmm. children. But you know, 
but you know, I, and that, after that, I'm like, what am I supposed to do now? So I got into the mental health field and also social service field. And I was like, I don't like this. This is not me. I'm not using my skills. I'm not walking in my purpose. Uh, I'm not, I don't believe in this whole mission that, you know, that everybody is following. I need something different. So I decided to go back to school for my master's degree. Uh, I went back to the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. And in that process, I had to go the long route to get in because I had a low GPA. So I had to prove to the program right. that I can uh be, I, I can handle the, the uh, graduate student work. And, and I proved to them that I, that I can, and I'm able to do all the work. And I'm proud to say that I graduated with Excellent. a 3.8 GPA. And that's the first time ever in my life that I scored that high. So I'm like, oh my God. And I realized that's <laughs> so easy. And that's why I said that, you know, the numbers do lie. Just, just because you failed, you know, so many times in the past, or just because you failed in the present, it does not define who you are today and it does not define who you are in the future. But Jose, you, that was a big dramatic change from what you was used to and how you was going through it. What was that motivating factor? What was that point in time that said, I have to do this and these are the things that I have to change me in order to be more successful? What, what was that point? Yeah, I'm gonna keep it real with you. Uh, so that the big turning point in my life was in 2012 when I got up out of a, a bad relationship, or it's an unhealthy relationship. You know, I'm not gonna put blame on, on her. Okay. I'm not, it's on me too. But I realized that I had to love myself first in order to move forward. If right. I want to be in a healthy relationship, I had to love me first, right. and I had to understand who I am, what do I like, what I do not like, what do I need in my life, and from there on, I start to really understand the real Jose Angel Contreras. Gotcha. And in that process, I lost, I, I went to, I started to take my health in a different, my, my health seriously in a different level. Mm -hmm. And I lost 60 pounds and I, I took my running into a whole different perspective and a whole different level because mm -hmm. I've ran marathons as well too. And I ran from a 11 minute pace down to an eight to seven minute pace. And Yo. I started taking things seriously. I'm like, man, I'm straight killing it. I'm like, right. I'm getting muscles where I thought that I never had. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> and right. it was crazy. So that was the big turning point in my life. And the second part was when my mom uh, showed me a picture when she became a citizen. And as she's mm. like, she was like, mijo, I want to show you something. And I was like, what's that? She's like, I want to show you a picture uh, when I became a citizen. So I look at the picture. I drop my phone, and I'm like, hold up. And she's like, I'm the same age, I'm the same age as, you, as you right now. And she's like, because right. at that picture, she was 28, and I was 28 at that time. And I look at the picture, and I'm like, Ma, like, we're literally alike. Like, if I take off mm -hmm. my glasses, I'm literally her twin, and I just leave long hair. Wow. And that day, I discovered my identity again. I gotcha. that day I discovered that you know to be proud of my Latino background. I'm Mexican American. My mom's from Oaxaca. My dad's from Jalisco, and it made me appreciate why they came to the U.S. And that day on, I I learned to appreciate my mother in a whole different level. And I was like, wow, you are you and I are alike, like to the T. And I never understood that when I was a child because she'll always say that. And you know, in those two events of my life, that breakup and then understanding my mom and looking at that picture, understand my value of who I am uh, in the present and who I am in, in the past as well. So when you picked all that up, because, you know, I'm not going to dismiss it, but that 
kind of talks to what you're doing right now with so many other people. But I think the amazing thing that you said was, one, you had to find yourself. And then once you found yourself, you found the bond that created that, which was your mother and the history of your family. That, you know, when you're young, you dismiss Mm -hmm. that. You truly dismiss and take it for granted. But when you have a sense of maturity and something about your life or you that you went through, you can look back and say, wow, this is what I bond on to. This is what I can take and be uh, be better. Because, you know, my family came from the South and they suffered so much and then they went to New York and I didn't realize what they had to go through in order to push me forward once I got there. And, and you're saying that and it's kind of like, you know what, I'm not that smart and, you know, I'm just going to keep going through it. But then now you got a sense of pride because I felt the sense of failure for so long until I start, you know, getting something more positive in my family and my history and all of that. Then I can say I'm a better me because if I can't be a better me, I can't make anyone else better. It has to start with me. And I think that's what I'm hearing from you. And it's it's always great to hear that because when people don't tell me I'm going to be better because I have to take care of me. I always tell them, don't feel that selfish because you can't take care of nobody else until you take mm-hmm. care of yourself. So I, I just find that just yeah. amazing. And that's pretty cool, though. That's that's a different line that I, I haven't heard. So I appreciate you sharing that as well. But moving from that, you started speaking. So what what pushed you to say, I'm going to stand in front of people? You know, you wrote the book, but now you're standing in front of people saying, let me tell this story because, you know, a lot of people kind of like, eh, I don't want to tell my personal issues and what I went through. How, how do you get to yeah, that Yeah, I think as, you know, being a first-generation Latino and when it comes to our education, you know, our families push that all the time. You got to go to school. You got to go to school. You have to go to college. And, you know, I was at first I was very ashamed about my failures and ashamed that, I did, you know, I failed third grade and I did horrible on my ACTs or I barely got into college. But when that when that big turnaround and mindset changed, I was like, wait a minute, there's so many mm-hmm. out there Latinos and first generation students who need to hear my story and to realize that it's possible. You know, and that's why I yep. put the face on my on my the cover of the book. Because I, you know, I wrote the book for students and, and also, you know, uh, for young professionals, because I want to be straight to the point. This is what it is. And, and, and this is how I accomplish things. And this is what you need to do because I fail tremendously. I'm not the perfect person. You know, I, I'm always constantly learning about myself. I'm always um, trying to figure out what, what can I do better. But you have to figure out who you are. And sometimes when it comes to the parents, you know, students, listen to their parents, it doesn't happen smoothly. It doesn't happen right away until something, right. dramatically, something dramatic happens in their life. And if I'm able to speak to a group of college students, high school students, and be like, hey, man, I've been there before, but you got it. You had to get to know who you are. You got to know to your, your identity. And I think my book was a ticket to get in to be like, hey, let me share my story. Because I, I, I've been there before. I didn't come right. from wealth. I didn't come from a bougie place. I, didn't, I come from like, you know, my mom came from, <laughs> from Mexico, as her, you know, and she has a story. And we, we've, we grew up so we, we've grown so much. I had to share this. So that was the fire of me, like, you right. know what, there's other students out there who are struggling and questioning if they can be successful. See, and that's amazing because 
you're absolutely right. There's there's people that won't say a word mm-hmm. until they see it. And I always tell people when you when you speaking and when you saying people can do better, they have to see it. You just can't tell them. But when you do tell them, either you have yeah. to sound like them or you have to really experience what they went to. So I always tell people, and this is where this podcast thing comes from. If you hear someone who talks like you, who has a background like you, and who's experienced things like you, you are influencing people in so many ways. And then when you get the opportunity and they see you, mm-hmm. they realize you exist. And then they realize, which is kind of dramatic that I've seen with a lot of young girls and even young boys, they feel now they exist because they seen, wait a minute, you said you went through this and this is where you are? Yeah, you can do the same thing. It doesn't matter your hardships. You can be something more than what you are right now. And like you said, your face on that book says, you know what? As a Latino, I can do this. Are you kidding me? You went through this and look at you now. You're the greatest guy I ever seen. No, I'm not the greatest, exactly. but you can get to my point and beyond. So oh, why podcast though? So then you you move from that and speaking and a book and now podcast. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I have Where this book from? out. How do I continue in this movement? What do I need mm-hmm. to do? And like, so I asked myself, what problem do I want to solve? And so I'm like, you know what? The world, the media talks so much about millennials. The millennials this, millennials that. And they don't do that. They don't so do like, this and they don't do that. Okay, so I was like, you know what? Not all millennials right, are right. lazy. Not all millennials are uh, entitled. Mm-hmm. Not all millennials are job hoppers and whatever they say. Yeah, you know, but I was like, there's a lot of millennials out there who are working 10 times harder than you. So I don't know why you're talking. So I want to like debunk the myths. Like, (laughs) hey, you know what? I'm going to bring in guests who are effective, like millennials who are effective leaders in the community and just grinding and hustling and doing something, you know, for for their family, for themselves, for the community. But I also want to bring in different guests from different generations to share um, their expertise or share their, their story information that can empower my generation too. Because like I said, not all millennials, you know, there are some millennials out there who need a little push or who need that little information. And that's why I do yes. that. So, because I want to create this movement that, you know what, let's all work together. Cause at the end of the day, there's going to be more, there's more of us than any other generation. Yep. Absolutely. And what I found interesting because I've, I've listen to a couple of your podcasts and you know i listened to the one that the makeup artist oh and, yeah um, that was interesting because it was kind of like how did she learn to do that she took it as being fun and then she took it at you know being on um youtube with a friend and then she made something more about it mm-hmm. and then i listened to the coupon one and this woman is just you know doing all types of coupons making money and 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 just a process that you know, you can save a lot of money with that. I got a friend who's doing that now, but the way she explained it, I was like, wow, that is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when I've, I've listened to yours, when you said that you lost weight and you you ran to a point, because I used to, I'm ex-military, so I had to run. If you don't run, then they're kicking you out. <laughs> so I had to run. So I'm, I was used to that. And, but I picked up my speed once I said, I'm going to do it. I'm comfortable who I am, 
and I'm going to continue to challenge myself. So as you challenge yourself, you do that. But I think what you're doing, and this is really why I wanted you on, is because you're highlighting others. You're not just saying, this is my platform. You're saying, look at what everyone else in my generation is doing. Stop looking at us as these lazy, you know, I'm entitled to everything. Just give, give, give. And you you laying out people that's, look, they're giving. They're not taking. They're giving. And these are millennials. And so my question really was, so, and you kind of answered it. You was like, no, I want everyone. I don't want just certain type of people with certain type of stories. I'm putting a good network of different things that I feel that people need to hear. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, uh, a lineup, a process, or are you saying as you run into these people, you're going to make them or you're going to um, put them on your show? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, even starting the whole pro- uh, podcast process, you know, you you kind of trying to brainstorm ideas. And I know you went through the process, too. And at mm-hmm. first it was like, OK, let me pick out people who I know who are experts in their field. And let, let me take them on. Let me bring them on. But then I was like, let me bring a different flow. Like, for example, uh, September to October was Hispanic Heritage Month. I was like, let, I'm going right. to focus on uh, uh, my Hispanics, all my Latinos who are doing something or share their story about DACA, whatever. And um, so that's how I, I try to now change it as like, let me, for that month, I'm going to focus on a specific topic or something that can relate to that month. Like January, it's about resolutions. Mm-hmm. Everybody and their mama trying to lose weight. That's you right. know, or everybody trying to, you know, be a new me. You said that 2015 and you're still the same old you. So like, trying to bring yep. that, like share those stories about and bringing guests who can really, um, you know, bring that impact for that in that situation or current events too. Gotcha. So, and, and the current, I don't like the fact when it's, when it's current, people can't wait to get on because you're talking about what's going on mm-hmm. as opposed to here's a lesson on some things that you need to know about. But when they say, yeah, I heard that. You know what? I thought I heard that on the news. Wow, Jose is talking about that right now. Oh, he's addressing some things that we were talking about. And, you know, in this age of social media, they throw out so many different things that are false. And for you to bring people of substance on and motivating, um, that's a definitely a positive thing. But what's the biggest challenge do you have um, doing these podcasts and, and actually being consistent with it. Yeah, that's, you know, the one thing that I realized in this past six months of creating Decoding Millennials podcast is that at first I'm like, is anybody listening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Besides my siblings and, uh, you know, the people I know. A couple of friends. And- <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, not knowing, like, like but after after being consistent and being in front of people's faces um mm-hmm. i realized that people were at first that was so challenging because i'm like i'm creating this content online i'm creating the, these episodes but am i even like if is is it is, is it sticking to anybody you know right but right. That, that was challenging at first but what i've learned to overcome that challenge is to put myself out there more and i ask right. questions to my uh, to to my followers and my listeners and to different groups I'm a part of, what do you want to hear? You know, mm-hmm. what? How can I improve? Because I'm not perfect. I'm learning so much. Tell me what what else you would like to hear. You know, because this podcast is your platform. It's for you guys. 
give me ideas. And when I did that, wow, I I felt like I, it's just, they did the work Next for level. Me. Huh? Yeah, next right. level. I'm like, I didn't right. have to work so hard. All I had to do is just ask. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to tell you one thing that's interesting because, you know, you said you were closer to what, six months, mm-hmm. seven months. So I'm good around a good year. Um, but I was doing it to get people to listen at first. Mm-hmm. And then, no, let me let me go back. I did it for me and my brother can do it together. My, my younger brother. And then he had cancer. And I wanted to keep him occupied so he don't have to think of the cancer. Then I was like, oh, I want people to hear it. It got better when I said, I don't care who's listening. I enjoy doing it. So I'm going to continue to make content that I enjoy doing. And then, like you, when I asked the question, like, you know what? Um, I'm not going to the movies this week. Oh, you got to go see Captain America. Or, oh, you got to go see the new Thor. I'm, I'm waiting for your interview. I was like, damn, you listening to that? And they was like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, people are... Even though they may not leave the comments, they tweet and say, hey, when you did that, that was just so funny. And, and I was like, y'all need to make, leave comments. God damn, help me out. So, but, but I hear what you, but to me, what I'm, what I'm trying to say to you is make sure you're enjoying it, though. Because if you're enjoying it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They'll come because your soul is in it. Your, your, your effort and everything that you believe in is right there. And it'll, you'll be a lot more successful when it becomes a natural thing. Because I sometimes I don't get sleep because I'm editing and I'm, I'm kind of doing show notes for upcoming things. Or I'm calling people to say, hey, well, could you do this? Or let me create a, a podcast for you and join my network. Because I want it to be successful for everyone, not just because Michael want to be great, you know. But you got a background of already doing it outside of a podcast. Now you just incorporate the podcast into it, which makes it a lot more oh, yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's so fun to see the growth over the like, six months. And I'm like, oh, man, it's just it's so awesome to yep. see that because, you know, you get to talk to people from different parts of the world, the country. It's like, wow, I would have never met you or get to know you if I didn't do this. And I'm so glad I decided to create this podcast because I've been learning so much mm-hmm. and also helping others. Right. And, and and helping others in ways of just sharing yourself because that's what you're doing. You're mm-hmm. sharing a part of you to ensure that they can free, share a part of themselves. And then when you say, hey, look, I created a podcast too. What? You're kidding me. Yeah, because of what you were saying and, and, you know, that is just great. It's a great feeling for someone to say, I've done something because I heard you. And that's just amazing mm-hmm. to me. So are you part of any other type of groups that kind of supports, you know, your speaking engagements or your podcasts or anything like that? Yeah, so I'm part of uh, Breathe University. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's an online community from Eric Thomas, the hip-hop preacher. Also, the okay. Sleepless Nights uh, program, which is run by David Shans. And so I'm part of these both communities. And, you know, they, they're very supportive. Like the, the followers are, are supportive in the group and, you know, telling me what to do, what not to do, you know, what, how to improve and just also being guests on the show. That's been a tremendous help as well, too. Absolutely. So when, when you share that and you share being on different shows and then say, hey, look, now you come on my show 
when we we create this network, and I'm doing that down here, and I'm part of Podcast Atlanta. Um, but I want to expand outside of that because I have some people from Tennessee and I'm working with some people in Florida and I got my connection in Chicago. So, uh, (laughs) that's, that's like really, really cool. But it's to me, it's about where are those voices to uplift our community and where's the voices? Cause when I'm moved aside, um, people like yourself, the millennials who's out there who, have you know dreams and aspirations um sometimes they don't know how to get there but if they hear someone that's around their age or who has done it or or who's working to do it they're like well i can do that too and you know i have a son and a daughter that actually is following behind and they listen to podcasts and i was like this is why i'm doing it because you told me you was listening to podcasts and you said maybe you need to be doing some of this because you lecture us too damn much and i was like i got you i got you so so it makes it a lot more interesting though but um no but i appreciate it i I, I really appreciate it i really when i started reading your story and the people you interviewed and i knew it tied into a lot of things i was doing with the young millennials in in my community and in you know, Southwest Atlanta, where a lot of people just say, hey, look, I'm into the trap, and there's not much more than that. And I was like, it's a lot more than that. But, you know, appreciate your intelligence, because uh, I'm going to go back to what you said, because I think that's so important. People think because they had short failures, they will continue to fail. Um, My wife hates standardized tests. She doesn't do well on them. But she learned how to code on her own. So she's a iOS coder for uh, Swift as well as, um, I forgot the other one. But soon as Apple found out, they put her on um, their keynote and said, we're going to do a quick documentary on you because I don't know people in their in 50s who learn how to code and code this well. And she had the first domestic mm-hmm. violence app in um in georgia and now she's trying to make it national but mm-hmm. she doesn't do well on tests but she's capable of doing it and like what you you said look i may not have yeah. been good at that time mm-hmm. but i can grow to be better and if i believe in me me can be better and i think you're just living proof of that and um, you're just doing a lot of great things jose and that's i really appreciate you spending the time telling your story because now I can push your story and say, Hey, here's another one that you need to be listening to. Here's another person that can tell you how good Mm -hmm. you can become. And I I just think, I appreciate your words. I I really appreciate it because you know, uh, we had, we had to put ourselves out there because if we don't, someone else is going to be suffering. Yep. Yep. And why let that happen when you're looking right at it and said, if I would have told her this, or if I could have told him that, I think they would have been better. But, you know, we're so into my life is personal, and I really don't want to, you know, sometimes you need to put yourself out because you can be greater than what you think you can. And I always try to motivate people in that way and say, you're greater than you think because you may be in an environment that keeps you back, or you may have been in an environment that accepted mediocrity, but guess what? You can get, you can move from that, and when you speak out and you can be that way, it's 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 perfect. It's just fantastic. Yep, I agree. So, so anything else, Jose? I really enjoyed. I love your story, bro. Um, and I do promise you, I'm gonna get your book, 
And when I read through it, and I'm gonna be like, wow, this is more than I thought. We need to talk again. <laughs> also, also, I have a second book. Uh, it's called Purpose Pioneers, and it's how to overcome adversity, survive setback, and thrive on purpose. And I and this book was written with five other authors. Oh. And we talk about how different uh, different adversities that we overcame. Uh, so that's also another book that I'm part of. So that's that's my second book. Okay. All right. Now you got me reading two books. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, fantastic. No, it's, it's my pleasure. Uh, so give me websites, um, sites, uh, social media. Could you plug those real quick for me? Yeah, most definitely. So the uh, to uh, purchase the book, The Numbers Do Lie, just go to thenumbersdolie.com. You can follow mm-hmm. me on Instagram at DMM as in mouse underscore podcast on Facebook. Follow me at decoding millennials podcast. And on LinkedIn is linkedin.com forward slash I N forward slash Contreras. It's C O N T R E R A S J A. Backwards. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. We got it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, me, I'm, I'm already uh, following you know, on Facebook. I'm going to be following you on Instagram. And we'll let, let's share some things and continue to keep this relationship because uh, I, since you are speaking, um, there's some opportunities that I, hopefully we can bring you down and have you speak in front of these kids that um, we're trying to get just to be better, mm-hmm. you know, someone outside of their community or part of their community. And um, if I can get you down here, that would be fantastic. Well, definitely. Yeah, let's, let's get to let's make it happen. Excellent. So thank you very much. That was Jose Angel Contreras. And this is Michael, your bougie black brother. And you'll be able to see, no, not see, you'll be able to hear our podcast on the Minorities Report podcast on the Bougie Black Brother Network. And get us back on Bougie Black Bro on IG and Twitter. And we'll see you soon. Thank you so much.